know when the crowd gathered in thousands so that they trampled on the other, he began to speak first to his disciples. Beware of the year of the Pharisees. That, that, that is their hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispers behind closed doors will be proclaimed from the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that can do nothing more. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, he has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one for them is forgotten in God's sign. But even the hairs on your head are counted. Do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, Everyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before angels will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how you are to defend yourselves or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. Thank you so much for the reading. Um, so, everyone just buckle in. Because we're about to, I'm going to say, watch some TV. Okay? So, uh, just bear with and get ready for the TV show. Hello and welcome to the Great Christian Bake Off. Here we have Isabel and Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood, how are we feeling? Well, very excited because today we're going to be making one of the world's hardest recipes, white bread. <laughs> I know that probably none of you in here have probably made it, but let's see if Isabel Collison can make it. How are you feeling? I haven't made it before, but I've got my flour, my water, I've got my yeast. Oh wait, you don't want to use that yeast. Yeast makes red rice. No, but that's the yeast of the Pharisees. Ooh. Are you going to give her the full Hollywood handshake? Yes, good luck. Dead. He's dead. He's definitely dead. Sherlock, what do we do? I will uncover the cupboard. I'll bring the darkness to light. Amen. <laughs> no. Fear me, for I am God and I can send you to hell. But fear not, for you are more valuable than a sparrow. Do 
Listen up, kiddo. I know you've done some questionable things in your time, but you're on trial now. It's the most important moment of your life. Now, when you get up on the stand, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You've got this. All rise for Judge Rosie. Order in court. This man is on trial because his faith is in question. If you deny the Son of Man, the Son of Man will deny you. So how do you plead? Well, there we go. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, we now have an amazing moment of, we have uh, youth who are going to be preaching for us today. Um, and in the passage, as it's quite, a, it's quite a fruity one and a big one, we've split it up into four different preachers today who are going to tackle a bit each. So I, I don't know about you, but I'm just so proud of them because they've just done this on their own back um, and spent time prepping and prayer and rehearsing it. So can we just do a massive round of applause for the youth who are going to come up? So Luther, up you come. Luther, should we just have a praying moment? Yeah. Great. Lord, thank you for Luther and all the other people who are going to be preaching. And Lord, we, we do pray that uh, just your words would speak through him now. And Lord, we just want to open up our hearts and ourselves to you to just learn and grow from what they have to share. So Holy Spirit, give you permission to teach us, challenge us, encourage us today. Um, and may you just speak clearly now to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, hi, I'm Luther. I'm going to be giving a little talk about the first three verses, Luke 12, 1 to 3. So at the start of the passage, it seems, well, first verse seems a little bit irrelevant, but it says about how he gathered in crowds of many thousands, which Jesus did lots, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. And usually in the gospel, you hear all those times about Jesus speaks to sinners, tax collectors, those who are lost. But on this one, as he points out, or Luke points out, a clear difference, which is that Jesus began to speak to his disciples about this one. So it shows that this, what he's about to say, is very relevant to them, and it's a warning specifically to his followers. And as the church of today, as his followers of today, this is also a warning for the church to be on guard against um, what he's about to talk about next. So what he says next is be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And if you made bread before, you'll know that yeast, it's a very important part of the bread. You've got the flour, you've got the water, but the yeast is what makes the bread rise. It mixes around, and that's what, well, yeah, makes it rise. It spreads around if you don't have the yeast. Well, as you'll know, if you've made bread without yeast, it doesn't rise. It's like a rock, rock hard, doesn't become bread. So yeast is a very important part of 
bread and making bread. Um, so it's needed. But he warns against the yeast of the Pharisees. So despite the fact that yeast is an important part of bread, you've got to be careful about what yeast you put in there. As you found in the skit with the bake-off, you don't want to put the yeast of the Pharisees in there. Um, this is because, so if you don't want the yeast of the Pharisees, but you also need yeast, you need to fill it with the yeast of the Holy Spirit instead. Because otherwise, if you've got the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, you may put things on the outside of the bread. You might put like flavors and stuff to make it look nice, but in the end, when you bite into it, it's just going to taste, well, quite terrible. Um, <laughs> But, so if the yeast of the hypocrisy, well, the yeast of the Pharisees, hypocrisy, if it really is so bad that Jesus is warning against it and warning his most trusted followers against it, then what is it all about, really? And so, in verse 2 and 3, he talks about how the yeast of hypocrisy is all about seeking the approval of man over God. Um, in, uh, well, actually, in... Uh, Corinthians later on, Paul says about how the little bit of yeast would leaven the whole of the dough, or the whole batch of dough. So it shows that one small thing of hypocrisy, the yeast of the Pharisees, they might seem like a little thing on the inside. You need to live out your life the same, like outside of church as you do inside of church. So he says that um, because what will nothing is concealed that won't be disclosed or hidden that won't be made known. You need to um, live the same on your life on the inside as you show off on the outside because ultimately on judgment day when it comes, you'll be held accountable before God who sees beyond what we want to show to others rather than just what we want to show to others. So um, all things good and bad are going to be revealed by God in the end and ultimately, in a hundred years' time, when it comes, no one here is going to be caring about what other people's opinions are because that's not going to last. And God's the one who's going to judge you and reveal all things. So if you want to overcome um, this hypocrisy, then you need to focus on replacing your fear of man with the fear of God, which Grace will talk to you now a bit more about. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm going to be talking about verses 4 to 7. In verse 4, Jesus was trying to give his disciples the same peace that he had over death and put fear into perspective. Even though it was difficult, Jesus knew that he would conquer death. And now through his death, we know that we have no fear in it because through Christ Jesus, we have eternal life. We don't have to fear man, but Jesus tells us to fear God. But how is this relatable to us? When we watch the news or turn on the radio, we see all the bad things that which are happening, and it's hard to find the positive things. But Jesus says God is greater than it all, so we don't need to fear. But what does it actually mean to fear God? An unbeliever's definition of fear would be fear of judgment and death. But as a believer, our definition should be being in awe of him and loving him with all our hearts. That is why we must put first God first and honor him more than anyone. 
The world has no power over us. If we live for the world, it will come to nothing. But if we put our faith in God, it will come to everything. Some ways that it tells us to fear God in the Bible is by avoiding sin. I know it's hard to avoid sin sometimes, but it's coming back to him after we sin and repenting from it. Another way is by living for God and not the world and putting him first above everything. But Jesus knew how real the pain of the world is. So he goes on to reassure his disciples. If God knows how many hairs you have on your head, how much more does he know? And if he watches over even sparrows who get so, so little money are valuable to him. And if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he know? God has spent so much time crafting each and every one of us, which makes us so valuable to him. He has paid so much for us so that we would know that his love and how much he loves us. This can also be seen in Psalm 139. I praise you because I know I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Jesus wants us to know our worth. Know that he looks at us like precious sons and precious daughters. Looking at material things such as magazines or social media means that we're constantly comparing ourselves to worldly standards. This is not what God intended. He created us so that we could see the beauty which he had created us in. But the world sees beauty in a very different way to God. He looks at our hearts. If we see ourselves in the beauty that God has created us, then this will help us look at each other in the way that he views them. The God of creation, the God over life and death, wants a relationship with us. He's to be feared with reverence, but also he wants to be intimately involved in our lives. So are you ready to run to the Father, your creator, the one who watches over you? Hi, my name is Lydia, and today I'm going to be speaking from Luke chapter 12, verses 8 to 10. Now, in the first verse of this passage, God is saying that he doesn't want us to be ashamed of him or of being a Christian. He wants us to publicly acknowledge him in front of anyone who may not believe in Jesus and anyone of a different religion. He's proud of us when we share with others about our Christianity or when we invite our non-Christian friends to church. He likes it when we ask other people if they need prayer or when we tell them about when we tell people about him. He likes all of that stuff. However, in this second verse, he's saying that he is upset at anyone who denies him, either in their words or in their actions before others. And he doesn't like it when we take his name in vain or hide our Christianity because we are ashamed or embarrassed or don't want to stand out as being different. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, everyone has probably at some point tried to hide their Christianity. It's a really hard thing not to do, especially when it seems that everyone around us doesn't believe and doesn't live in, live in a way that would please God. But that doesn't mean we're bad people because God is so forgiving. Even if we do the most despicable things, he'll still love us and will always receive us back when we ask for forgiveness and turn back to him. And we will still be his children, and he'll never push us away, even if we do the worst of the worst. Now, in verse 10, it says, and, and 
Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, the verse is saying, if you're rude and disrespectful to the Holy Spirit, you'll not be forgiven. Now, of course, in these situations, it's tricky, as God won't forgive you if you talk badly about the Holy Spirit. But what about what God says all the time in the Bible? that no matter what, he'll always forgive us. And here he's saying that if we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, he won't forgive us. I don't think this is really something we can understand in five minutes, but I think that what we can understand is from it, from it that the Holy Spirit is not a concept, nor is he a lesser being than God the Father or Jesus the Son. He is real and holy and powerful, and we must treat him with the same honor and respect that we do the Father and the Son, because they're all equal. So let's not be ashamed to stand up and say that we love Jesus and to share the good news of salvation because Jesus has already done so much for us and he loves us so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Peter and I have the privilege to speak to you today about verses 11 and 12. So in verse 12, it talks about the Holy Spirit and how um, it is your aid in your time of need. So I think of the Holy Spirit as a dove over troubled waters. It's our comfort, our freedom, our counsellor. And it's, we should rely on it as God in us. It's our everlasting connection with God and we need to use it. When we have help in everyday life, normally we use it. So why, does the Holy, why is the Holy Spirit different? In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Don't conform, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind through Jesus. So if we let Jesus into our lives and fill our hearts, he will guide us in the path that he's already set out for us, and we don't need to have any worries or fears. I think in verse 11, when it talks about being brought before leaders and rulers, we need to be bold in our faith, so have courage and be strong, because he is our fortress behind it. We have the armor of God with us at all times. We need to be leaders among the people around us and don't have fear that we'll be judged because on Judgment Day, as Luther said, what's that going to matter? In Acts 4, Paul is in front of the leaders in Jerusalem on trial and he is filled with a burning desire to speak for the Lord. And this is enact what this is basically what the verse is in action it's showing that he'll provide all and he'll be there when you need him most so you don't need to fear about worldly things what we can do to um, act out this on our lives is to show love in every circumstance to act this out love is talked about being the most important command many times in the new testament so if we act this out, we'd be a lot closer to being holy, even though that's not possible. Um, don't uh, hide away in the corner. Put your lamp on the lampstand and do frequent small actions of faith as that will give you great public power from God. Even though we cannot get close to God's character, we should aim to get as close as possible through the Holy Spirit. And in Hebrews 12, it says, let us run with perseverance the race, run out, race marked out for us. And this is showing how he already, he already knows what's going to happen. So we don't need to fear about what's going to happen or have anxieties. I'm going to pray to finish. 
Dear Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill more and more people here. You'll remove any burdens, chains, and you'll set people free. I pray for courage in every situation, if it's at school, at work, at home. I pray for breakthroughs in any tough situations and that you will show your your power in the lives of those especially who need it most. And you will comfort anyone and allow more and more people to realize that you're the one. Amen. Awesome. Um, well, I'd love to just invite the worship team onto, back on. Um, as we just want to kind of respond to anything maybe what just poked into you from those. Um, so we're just going to go into a little time of worship just to spend time with him and let that ponder in um, and then just see what he wants to do. Um, so would you just join me? We're just going to come into, and stand. We're just going to worship. Thank you. 